Welcome back to War Seats in the House. Michael Russo, Anthony Lapanta. We're coming to you on special assignment from Prague, Czechia, where for the last 2,000 years there's been a shortage on ice, Anthony. Yeah, sure. Actually, that's been going on every city we've visited, yeah. isn't it? Uh, I thought you were going to say for the last 2,000 hours we've been prepping for this podcast. Yeah, exactly. And we are coming to you a live studio audience here at the uh, at our hotel here in uh, Prague. Uh, thanks for everybody for uh, showing up. This is our annual uh, Anthony Lepanta, Michael Russo uh, trip through Define Destinations, Michael Kenny's awesome company. This is the fourth one I've done, third one you've done. I've done uh, Ireland and Scotland, and we've done uh, Italy, like Tuscany, Cinque Terre, Venice, Florence, and Milan, Como area. Uh, we did Innsbruck, Salzburg, Munich, Lucerne, and Zurich. And this one brought us to Budapest, Bratislava, uh, Vienna and Prague. What an awesome trip, Anthony. It's been unbelievable. And yeah, so not only did our friends join us here, they joined us all the way across the Atlantic. Yes. Uh, just to come to this podcast. No doubt. <laughs> yeah. I almost missed this podcast, though, because uh, the one harrowing experience that started right before we even arrived in Europe, well, right after we arrived in Europe, is so um, I was in, I was like ahead of everybody in, in uh, just in terms of the seating chart. They were a little behind me. And uh, so I got off the plane first. Of course. I mean, yeah. you know, there's, there's the Russo section, and then there's the Peasantville section. Yeah. Back well, I should have been in Peasantville <laughs> section yeah. because I almost missed our flight to, uh, to Budapest. So we land in Paris. I leave the plane. I start walking to passport control. Um, I see, all right, here's if you have a European passport. Here, here's if you have a USA passport. Here's somewhere from Asia, whatever. And um, so I go down the United States line. I go through passport control, and I look at my phone, and I get a text from Michael Kenny saying, hey, I hope you didn't go through uh, customs. And I'm like, What? And I'm like, and all of a sudden I look up and I'm looking for connections and all I see is baggage claim. And I realize now at this point, we have 50 minutes to our connection and I have left Charles de Gaulle Airport. I have, I'm essentially Which, in France You know France the best part of this point. whole story is that you were the one who was panicked before we ever left the Twin Cities yeah, about the connection, that. the length of time you had to make the connection. None of the rest of us, we just trust Michael Kenny. So yeah. he, he set up the flights, that means we're gonna get there on time. And you were the only one worried about it, and then yeah. you're the only one who almost missed. And the only thing that I have in my mind is like how embarrassed my mother's going to be when she gets on when everybody well, she's got gets other on this. Yeah. To be embarrassed, yeah, that's true. But we're going to get on this connection, and the only person that isn't going to make this connection is me. So now I literally leave uh, Terminal Two E at Charles de Gaulle. I am now on the main road of Charles de Gaulle Airport, I see two, I look on the on my phone, I realize that we are leaving, I'm praying that this is accurate, that we're leaving at a 2F, gate 49. And so now I run a basically across a highway. Like just imagine if you had like left LAX and had to run across to the United Terminal, you'd be going basically across. I'm actually just trying to picture you running anywhere, yeah, to be that's honest. Tr that's you, a good point. Yeah. So I go, I go through here and now I can't even find like security. I realize that I'm gonna have to go through security now. I get on the back of this long security line and then I realize that Air France has sky priority. So I skip under like a couple ropes under to get into sky priority I immediately have like workers like screaming like what are you doing and it took a long time to get through security i finally get through they searched all my bags i look at my phone i got like 25 minutes to get to this gate and i look up and i happen to see the back of all your heads walking from from wherever the hell you came easy from. all we did was take the where's brian we took the train the wrong way when we got there we <laughs> 
all of a sudden we're le we're heading away from the airport and <laughs> so I think we might be going the wrong way here guys but we made it back with and we just jumped into the sky priority line without any harrowing experiences or anything and we made so, it through quickly. So we got about 24 people in here. Brian's the one that's behind a pillar right now, hiding. Right. Um, Which that means it's a big pillar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course, he's got a beer in his hand. Um, the, the, the funny thing about Brian, well, it's not really funny, but uh, he, had a, he had a mishap the first day, the first night. I think it's funny. Why it's is kind it not of, funny? Well, it's kind <laughs> of funny because every, every trip that he's been on with us, he's had a mishap. We were at a winery once and he tipped over and fell down a hill. Um, <laughs> what was the other big one, Brian, that you had? That was, there was another one. Oh, you almost fell off the mountain in Cinque Terre. That one would have been a little bit tragic. Um, no, this, but this one, one wasn't was, quite this, that yeah, bad. This one, this one concussed him, though. It did concuss him. He smashed into a window like a bird would smash into like your patio door, <laughs> except that he's like, it's the, so there's this forehead print that's about the size of, I don't know, like a Frisbee on this window. It's about six feet, three inches off the ground. And it makes you wonder how the guy walks because he must walk forehead first because otherwise some other body part would have had to have hit this window other than the forehead. But it was impressive. It actually prevented future mishaps because people saw it and thought, well, that has to be where Brian hit the window because nobody else smashes into a window six feet, three inches off the ground. Yeah, no. Brian, you want to come? Uh, but things got better for Brian a couple mornings later. You want to tell that story? Come up to the microphone. No, I, it, it only comes well out of your mouth. Come up to yeah, the Yeah, we can have Brian tell a yeah, story. Yeah. Come on up here, yeah. Brian. So Brian's been with us on the last three trips, yeah. and he's got some good stories for us, but this is one of the best. So for those listening, this is Brian Dahl, a regular visitor of, with our trips. So we're in Budapest, and I was eating breakfast in the morning, and somebody left a satchel by my chair, and I thought, wow, this is unbelievable. Let's see what's in it. Turns out there was about 500 euros in the satchel. So I took the 500 euros and then turned the satchel in. And then later I found out it was our guide's Peter's satchel. <laughs> Which that, uh, we, we'll get to Peter here in a minute too, because Peter's part of the entertainment on these trips. But it led to him having to like buy a guy a train ticket to get his satchel to the next town. Yeah. But the yeah. 500 euro, I mean, that's like two and a half million Fortnite or something. So you're probably, I don't know how many crowns it is. So Brian's buying for the rest of the trip. <laughs> um, so uh, by the way, if you're listening at home, uh, August 8th is our next live show uh, at Tuttle's. August 8th at Tuttle's. We'll do two live shows, actually three live shows technically in August. We're going to be doing one special show at a special location that's still in the works. And then uh, I believe August, I should check that, 29th. What do you think? I was thinking about the Kowalski's show that I don't know if that's confirmed yet, but that yeah, was, that was that's mid twenties. Oh, okay. Yeah. So pay no attention to that, but there might be a show in a Kowalski's parking lot in late August. August 24th. I think that one would be. And August 30th is our next live show at Tuttle's. So August 8th at Tuttle's, August 30th at Tuttle's, probably August 24th at Kowalski's. And then we're going to do three live shows in the month of September as well. Um, this has been a very fun trip. Incredible group. Uh, one of the best groups that we've had. Uh, definitely top four are the best groups for we've sure had. in the top four yeah. Yeah. especially peter our uh, incredible tour uh, guide yeah we got to talk about peter yeah so let's peter, talk about peter. peter by the way if you are listening at home we will get to some hockey at some point i promise is there hockey going on right now yeah they're apparently <laughs> uh so peter for every is, team but the one peter has been our guide on the last 
this is the third European trip, and European history expert. We don't, we haven't fact-checked any of these stories, so they may well all be made up. But they sound confident in his delivery. Yeah. And the one thing we know is they're all just roughly, you know, maybe maybe 30, maybe maybe less than 30. Could be more than 30. You don't know. But either way, it's quite nice. And and so we've got we listen to Peter on the bus. And for those of us who maybe stay up a little later than the others, bus time story time is a it is a godsend in the morning. And you just put your head back, listen to Peter tell stories, and before you know it, you're in the next town. <laughs> there might be a few zzzz in there going, but it, but the stories are unbelievable, and we want we're going to bring Peter up here because we got to. Yeah, hear don't some you think Peter stories. should tell a joke on this podcast? I think he should. Uh oh, he left his satchel somewhere. Peter, you told me a couple jokes today without your book. And some of these, I, I think some of the people in the audience could recite some of these jokes now. Yeah. We've, we've heard them. But the best part about Peter's jokes is the laughter that happens several times prior During the to joke. the punchline. Yeah. Yep. You, gotta, you work on it for a minute, Peter, and we'll bring you up here to get one joke. But you what know you, what we should have about? Peter come up? We haven't heard Peter's version of making Michael Kenny late to his own wedding. Oh, that's Don't you think we one. should have Peter tell that version? You want to tell think- that, Peter? Yep. Yeah, come on up. You're a guide that couldn't get a guy halfway up a mountain to his own wedding. <laughs> All right, come on up here and let's hear. We got to hear the story, Peter. You got. You're going to need a mic for this. Yeah, no, no. You have to come up here so they can hear you. Come, come on up. Here. You've never met a mic that you don't right. like. You could. Yeah. Uh, you could tell. He's been. Story. Re- he's been knocking Michael Kenny down on the bus to get the mic. We're inviting him up here. All right. Everybody at home's going to yeah. want to hear your accent anyway. Right. So this is an Austrian, we think an Austrian, like a former Olympic skier or something. There's, you well, definitely have something he, going on. He, there is some ski talent in his family. We also found out there's rafting talent because we critiqued the other rafters on paddling like kittens, apparently, down the, some creek to, <laughs> earlier on the trip. All right, so you can get into any of the Austrian history you want. If that involved Michael's wedding in any way, like if the Austrians used to rule wherever the wedding was or something. But uh, you can give us a story on how you almost prevented our fearless tour guide leader from missing his wedding. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> well, it wasn't me <laughs> as such. <laughs> and nobody saw me. <laughs> no, it was, uh, I think he didn't know where his, his wedding was, to be honest. <laughs> because I was, I had, yeah, he hired me and I didn't know where to go. <laughs> It's like, like yeah, it was a bit, and uh, it was all about all this secret because I was just a coincidence, accidentally, and they thought, oh, this is practical because we use this guy, and then he doesn't see the bride. You know, it's always bad luck when you see the bride before the wedding. Well, you made sure that didn't happen. Yeah, and almost it didn't happen. Almost exactly. Exactly. So then, um, his brother, who was his best man, and Michael, being already, and. um, we got in the car. The moment we got in the car, the, the best man fell asleep, so he wasn't any help. <laughs> well, did you start telling stories? And he wasn't any sleep? help. <laughs> so, so then, here we go. Then Michael said, I think we have to go to this town. I said, like, do you remember the town? And there is a, it's called Citaldo, it turns out. But there is a Citaldo Alto, which means above, and a normal Citaldo. But uh, you can only go up there if you have a special permit. So we're circling this town. We were close. We were there, but we just couldn't get to this place because there was all these barriers and things. And finally, we just decided let's just go up there. <laughs> and 
in between, like finally the brother woke up and said like, oh, where are we? This is about, this is about, this is about time to get to, to the wedding. So then it's like, I got him out of the car. He started running and I think he made it by like a minute and he was like sweating and everything because it was about 40 degrees. I mean, 80 Fahrenheit. <laughs> but he made it and it was a good time. All and they're good. still and married. Still married. Kids. So it was all yeah. good. It yeah. all worked. How does this tour group compare to the best you've ever had? Yeah, it's like the best we ever had. Perfect. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Yeah. All right, do you have a joke for us? Uh, not out of the blue now. <laughs> All right, well. I have to think about it. Usually, uh, when Peter uh, tells a joke. I don't know, a joke, podcast joke. Yeah. Uh, when well, Peter tells yeah. a joke, we usually. Have, we would have to decide which ones were podcast friendly yeah, and which yeah, ones were not. Not a lot. There's <laughs> a lot of double innuendos. Um, uh, and usually, they end with him telling us to write it down. Um, the best one the other day, he told us a joke that we've all heard before, and he said that it was upgraded, and we all looked at each other like, that's the same exact joke. We just think that the upgrade was that you put it on your iPad, and it was no longer just on yeah. a piece of paper. So, uh, <laughs> Remember the, the bumper one? The bumper one? All right, here's a joke. All right, he's going to find it on his iPhone. So, these jokes are legendary, and they were all scribbled down like on what basically was a stretched out bar napkin yeah. that he's been lugging around Europe for like 15 years. And they're not and really. Last year yeah. we had to stop by his neighborhood because he forgot the joke sheet. Yeah. And had some guy run down and meet us on a street corner with our bus <laughs> as we drove through town to hand him back his jokes. Yeah, that was uh, yeah, that was on our way to uh, to Innsbruck, I think. It was. Um, yeah, and and the the thing about these jokes is they're not really jokes. They're like s stories that. How would you explain these jokes? Yeah, they're kind of stories that make him laugh. <laughs> <laughs> um, by the way, we should... You know what? Most of them have to do with the church. Yeah. And a lot of them make fun of men in relation to women. Yeah. Um, you know, just real quick before we get uh, talking on Wild, and we're going to have uh, people here. Uh, these are obviously also Wild fans, um, or they just really like Anthony on TV. Um, and well, so, those are hard to find. Yeah. The one thing that, that all these, uh, all 24 people have learned that they now will appreciate uh, next hockey season is uh, they can't mute you. <laughs> they, you think they've been trying on this yeah, trip? I, I think so. You're always talking. I know, I know Margo has. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, we're, we're going to have them also come up, ask some wild questions, but since our last podcast, Anthony, um, really nothing's happened, uh, with the wild, um, they, they've signed Liam Olgren to the, his entry level contract. Obviously he'll play in Sweden next year. They've signed a couple of, uh, uh, two way guys as well. But right now, um, you know, talking to sources inside the team actually today, um, you know, there's a lot of moving parts here. They're trying to get the biggest bang for their buck. I think if they were going to be in on a free agent, they would have done it by now. I think it's pretty clear that they're lukewarm on every free agent out there. So that I think what that tells you is that at some point they're going to make a trade. And the question is, how can they get the biggest bang for the buck? And a lot of that might be moving around bodies and making, maybe making multiple type of things. Yeah, I think it's almost, it almost would have to be multiple to make any significant difference. I don't think there's uh, easy deals to be had out there. And I haven't been working with sources during this trip. I've, I know that'll come as a shock to you. Yeah. Oh, but it, I, I mean, Billy made it clear from the start he wasn't going to just make a deal, make a sign a free agent just for the sake of signing somebody now that he had this extra cash. And but to me, it makes it seems like he's just trying to increase his flexibility, maybe even into the season for an in season type yeah. deal. I, I don't think well, it's worth overpaying 
just to get a guy and yeah. say you did something. Like part of me also thinks that if, if that right trade doesn't uh, transpire, that it's not a bad thing if they go into training camp with two open spots, one potentially for Rossi, but another maybe for an Adam Beckman or somebody like that. They're going to have injuries as well, uh, you know, potentially to start the year with guys like Merrill. And, yeah, wouldn't you rather go into the season with yeah. Beckman and a little more flexibility where you can make a deal if, you, if one arises as opposed to locking yourself into somebody else? No doubt. And, and there's going to be ample opportunities for teams Teams that are going to be unloading players that come come season because there's a lot of teams at or above the cap as well, and I think that's also what Garen's probably waiting for right now is some of these teams that that have made move that have put themselves at the cap or higher. Columbus, some of those teams that might have to you know trade guys at, at basement values, but also maybe retain salaries. So that's the biggest thing right now. And and obviously, I mean, this league usually goes to sleep in the second half of July and, and August. Um, so I don't know um, you know how quickly that we're going to see. There's still anything. a couple guys out there though. Yeah. That, that haven't locked in deals that they got to be coming soon. Yeah, well, it's interesting. I was just looking at the free agents. I mean, uh, obviously, the Wild are not in on guys like Kadri, uh, you know, uh, Phil Kessel. They have no interest in, I assume, uh, Klingberg. Stasny intrigues me. I don't think they're in on you know, Rodriguez. Uh, don't, I know they're not in on Sonny Milano, just talking to uh, people around the league. Heinen's intriguing, but again, that's where it gets down to the lukewarm thing. Are you really going to, you if know, you have to overpay to get him? You'd yeah, rather or even underpay. I mean, like, yeah. you know, do you want uh, a player like that here when you can maybe spend that million somewhere else um, if something comes up? Uh, Tyler Ennis, Alex Radulov. This is all uh, Puckpedia. Uh, Victor Rask is available. Um, <laughs> Johan Larson. So that's unlikely. Johan Larson was somebody that intrigued me at the beginning. He is still listed here. Uh, the rumors out there was that he was going to sign with Pittsburgh. Uh, Sam Steele. Um, is out there. That's somebody that I think the Wild have an interest in, but I don't, obviously, if that was going to get done, it would be done by now. So Zach Ashton Reese um, and Tyler Mott, uh, intriguing, but I just don't know if the Wild, again, are going to do that. So I think when when Garen said at, uh, at free agent, on free agent day, that why jump at somebody that you're not completely all in on? I think that just shows you that here we are um, nine days later, or excuse me, eight days later, and he still hasn't done it. I think it's very clear that they're not in on these free agents. Yeah, the Kadri one is the one that really just stands out. It has nothing to do with the Wild, but has to do with their division. Mm -hmm. And it, the longer it goes, the more you wonder if there's not something being worked behind the scenes that will allow him to stay in Colorado. And it might it likely would involve a trade of somebody else. But when you look around the division, and I haven't studied it that closely, but it, at first glance, none of the teams in the division got better. No doubt. This summer, where in previous years you've looked and said, wow, St. Louis improved or Colorado improved. I, I just don't think any of them did. I mean, maybe Arizona got better, but they're still going to be lousy. Chicago's going to be terrible. Nashville really didn't change a ton. Mm -hmm. Maybe a slight Niederreiter, upgrade. Dal Dallas didn't get a lot better. Yeah. St. Louis didn't. St. Louis got worse. So you look around the division and you say, right, everybody's worried about what happened to Minnesota and that the Fiala trade doesn't make them better this year. The Talbot trade doesn't make them better this year, but most of the other teams in the division also had to go backward. Yep. We've had a lot of awesome meals here in uh, Europe in our, in our three or four spots, uh, but the one thing that we haven't had is a really good supermarket, Anthony. We haven't, and I always love to stop at Kowalski's when you do it. We did, however. It, Peter's coming to America in 2035, and I promised him that we would have steaks from Kowalski's on, on the patio. Yeah, anytime, I, no matter who the guest is, but especially if he's coming across the Atlantic, we're going to make sure we start with the best ingredients. For that, 
I always go to Kowalski's. We mentioned, I think we're going to have a live August show coming up there on the 24th where we're going to cook some steaks in the parking lot. I don't Short think it's going to be a contest, contest this year. I was beaten last year by their butcher guy. And so this year we're just going to hand out steaks. And here's a word from Bosch Law Firm. Hey, hockey fans. Jerry Bosch here again from Bosch Law Firm and WorkCompExperts.com. If you're injured at work, it's never too soon to contact the lawyers and awesome staff at Bosch Law Firm. We'll answer all your questions, help you set up your work comp claim, and help you select professionals who will be there to help you, not the insurance company. And with almost 30 years of litigation experience, if your benefits are denied, we'll fight to get you paid. Bosch Law Firm. The call's always free and there's never a fee unless we obtain benefits on your behalf. Call or text us at 651-333-8300 or visit us at workcompexperts.com. Looking for a one-stop shop for all your home service needs? My friends over at Aquarius Home Services provide the highest quality water treatment, plumbing, heating and cooling, and electrical services. They pride themselves on providing superior customer service. They respect you, your time, and attention for details that really make a difference. Not only do they support superior customer service, their 100% performance guarantee is backed by the best material, product, and labor warranties in the business. Aquarius believes in earning the right to be recommended. Looking for a company you could trust for your water treatment, plumbing, heating, cooling, and electrical services? Well, contact Aquarius at AquariusHomeServices.com. And don't forget to mention Russo sent you. Peter, come on up and tell us a story. All right. It's a great way to start the next segment. By the way, so I asked for Twitter questions, which I did have. The first one I noticed was from a Lou Nanny that just says, make sure to eat at the restaurant under the bridge. Now, didn't we pass like 16 restaurants under the we, bridge uh, today? We actually stopped for a cocktail at the restaurant under the bridge today oh, okay. on the way back. That Thanks was for the good. invite. Well, it wasn't. We kind of got there accidentally, just following the river till we found a place to drink. Okay, so here's right, here Hans Sauerkraut. Yep, Hans Sauerkraut. Here we go. Well, I'm only hand sauerkraut if people are offended by my jokes. <laughs> so right now, if everybody listening at home, this is the reason why you need to come on next year's trip. Uh, no, it's just one of them. We just, you know, we try to live link things up, and it's not only dry history and things. So I, I like, I particularly like this one. <laughs> this is called Honk If You Love Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for laughing, you know, I know the ending of this. So, <laughs> so the other day, I went to the local religious book store where I saw a honk, if you really love Jesus, bumper sticker. I bought it and I put it on the back bumper of my car, and I'm really glad I did. What an uplifting experience followed. I was stopped at the light of a busy intersection, just lost in thought about the Lord, and didn't notice that the light had changed. The bumper sticker really worked. I found lots of people who love Jesus. Why? The guy behind me started to honk like crazy. He must really love the Lord because pretty soon he leaned out the window and yelled, Jesus Christ, as loud as he could. <laughs> Why? It was like a football game with him shouting, go Jesus Christ, go. <laughs> Everyone else started honking too. So I leaned out my window and waved and smiled to all those loving people. There must have been a guy from Florida back there because I could hear him yelling something about a sunny beach. <laughs> and I saw him waving in a funny way with only his middle finger stuck up in the air. I recently asked my two grandsons what that meant. They kindly squirmed, looked, of, looked at each other, giggled and told me that it was the Hawaiian good luck sign. So I leaned out the window and gave him the good luck sign back. A couple of people were so caught up in the joy of the movement <laughs> that they could go to get out of the cars and walking towards me. 
I bet they wanted to pray, but just then I noticed that the light had changed and I stepped on the gas. It's a good thing I did, because I was the only car to get across the intersection. I looked back at them standing here. I leaned out the window, gave them a big smile and held up the Hawaiian good luck sign as I drove away. Praise the Lord for such wonderful folks. <laughs> <laughs> Write it down. <laughs> Write it down. Right? Write it down. It has to be a good one. <laughs> And uh, Brian had his birthday on this trip, and uh, Brian, uh, at, when we delivered him a cake and sang him happy birthday, he gave us all the Hawaiian good luck sign after. He's been listening. We all yeah. learn from Peter on yeah. these trips because no there are jokes, but it's also that we find out that the Austrians really at some point controlled all corners of the earth. Yeah. And, and if you can tell, they're not exactly Stephen Wright jokes. <laughs> they're not exactly knock-knock jokes. These jokes can go on for a while, and uh, you have to really pay attention um, we learned about uh, Big Jim and the twins on one of his jokes uh, recently. That was, that was a fun the one. first one of the trip, yeah, wasn't it? That was a fun one. Uh, so uh, thanks to Peter. Uh, always, honestly, uh, you know, I mean, the funniest thing is that we've we, we love Peter so much that we request him on all these trips. So like we, we, we go to Tuscany. Yeah. Michael like, doesn't you know, have a choice. He's been yeah. trying to get rid of the guy for years. Yeah, we just said no. exactly. <laughs> and the one thing that we've learned is that Austria controlled everywhere in the in the. They did. Uh, in Europe yep. at some and point. if if any of the local guides in these cities try to tell us, you can to watch his expression is priceless. Yeah. Like the guy in Budapest who started to tell us Hungary had the one of the best acoustics in their whatever their concert hall yeah like it's the second best in the world and peter's head about exploded as he's shaking his head stomping down the street and we had the other woman who told us austria had never won a war that whew, yeah. <laughs> that, was, that did not go over well yeah no peter uh peter there there's some rivalries with the local tour guys that's the one thing we learned eventually peter uh, loses it on the local tour guy so <laughs> well, and so you mentioned, Brian, we also celebrated Gianni's birthday here yes, last night. Yes, happy birthday, Gianni. It's today, and last night we waited till midnight and then toasted in one of the top 10 hotel bars in the world, the Black Angel, yeah. is that what it was called? The Black Angel Bar, I think, which yep. was pretty cool. At U-Prince. We did violate a couple of no pictures allowed in the basement bar mm -hmm. just because we had to had to make mark the moment, but... Turning 23, where did mm -hmm. you do it better than in Prague? That was yeah. pretty cool. We've gotten to know her, uh, her boyfriend Zach better and his cankles. Uh, That's now right. we've we've yeah. made him yeah. we've made him yeah. so <laughs> self-conscious about the cankles. He now wears socks everywhere. Yeah. Uh, so. Uh, yep. Yeah. Hey, no, he's, he's learning. He's learning. He he claims my to be. Mom, my mom spotted those cankles from across a bar right. at 11:30 at night yeah. and walked right over and it's like, "Are your ankles hurting?" Yeah. <laughs> So, so well, we a, did ask the crowd to evaluate Zach over the course of the week. We'll, yeah. wait, we'll wait to get the full yeah. grading out tomorrow night in our final night, see if they approve of, of Zach. Yep, so exactly. far, so good. Exactly. It's his birthday tomorrow. Wow, and your birthday's coming up too, right? Yeah, we'll be home already before mine. Otherwise, I'd love to celebrate it with this group, yeah. but it's not till Monday. Wow, Zach's birthday is the day after Gianni's. That's yes. gonna, That's going to... Get, you're going to get the short trip for the rest of your life. <laughs> just totally over, overshadowed. Everybody forever. will be all done celebrating birthdays <laughs> by the time they get to like mine. Another. So, um, so it, well, if you're anything like your mom, Gianni, we know that your birthday is a very wait, special wait, day. And it's all yes? about you. <laughs> We've, again, we, all these people here now, they all understand the term mini Margot because they've all seen me get reprimanded in stereo by these yeah. two. Speaking of which, is Margot even in here? Yeah, she's hiding over Literally by Brian. Literally hiding behind a pillar. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Can't even see her. Um, anybody have some questions on the wild? Somebody does. What? 
You'll spend a lot of money to come to this podcast. <laughs> well, they've, they've been asking the questions already. That's true. It's, Remember, everything we tell you is off the record. That's the one thing that was the biggest rule coming into right. here. No recording devices. Other than apparently right now. Yeah, exactly. Um, nobody has questions? What's, right, been, your, what's been your highlight of the trip so far? Uh, my highlight of the trip, I don't, I've, I really loved Budapest. I mean, I, I, I just thought it was awesome. Uh, just a cool little town. I was amazed at Vienna and how big it is and how clean it is. Like, like it is just like crystal, like everything about it is just, uh, you walk outside, it's like fresh air. Um, we had it just, I mean, awesome meals at all these different places. Um, but yeah, no, those are two of the ones. Yeah, I thought both those first two cities were amazingly clean, and Budapest. Surprised I think the wine, me. the wine dinner, the wine when we went up the mountain to that little countryside uh, place, little for, yeah, where Grinsing, I was stung by. Is that what it was called? Yeah, Grinsing. That's where I got stung by a couple of yellow jackets. Yeah, you, you understand that just them flying by doesn't constitute being stung by hit. them. Yeah, I mean, I'm surprised we didn't have the bus bring you to the emergency room. I got hit. It was it was it was painful. Uh, two of them. In fact, Brian, Brian, who's our, uh, he's our, him and, and Karen, his lovely wife, are, are they're our resident jokesters uh, on all our trips. He was telling a great joke, and all of a sudden, I'm just like, hey, there you go, Peter. I, I just scream out loud, like, Jesus Christ, right when he got to the punchline, because this other one got me right back there, straight in the middle. So right in the back of the neck, but... I survived. Yeah, a lesser man would have been in the hospital. Yeah. I'm, I'm proud of you. I liked, uh, <laughs> I liked smoking cigars on the Ritz rooftop. That was fun. In Vienna, that yeah. was great. Yeah, the, I just, I love Chesky Krumlov, the little town we visited on the way here. That was, that was terrific. And the, had, boat, the boat ride the first night, uh, first real night in, in Vienna, that was incredible. The, seeing the parliament lit up. Um, learning about the rivalry that everybody from Pest has from Buda. They hate Buda. That's the one thing we've learned. Well, and apparently the Hungarians and the Austrians, we learned about that rivalry yeah. too. Yeah, no doubt. How so, about the spot today, the church where the three guys got shoved out the window and all lived? Yeah. Because they landed in garbage? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, these are stories Peter tells that we just assume to be true, but then when the, they seem to be backed up by yeah. local guides every once in a while. What? Did you have... I thought you had something to say. So uh, that was my mom, by the way. Uh, the hovercraft. Oh yeah, we took a. That was a. That was a good little audible too by Michael and Peter. Is that uh, we were taking the uh, the we were taking a long bus ride to um, from Bratislava to Vienna, right? And we uh, we took a high speed, essentially like catamaran type thing that got us here. It was just awesome. Yeah. Well, it wasn't a hovercraft. <laughs> no, but we, we were flying by other river cruise yeah, ships. How about when we got on the canal, canal in Vienna and he was gunning it and there was that one like poor family that was on a boat that just slammed into the rocks. And he just like, Jesus kept going. Didn't care. Uh, so that was fun. Uh, Thomas Vanek sent us to a couple cool places, uh, too. He sent a bunch of recommendations. I found the coffee shop that he sent us. We had dinner one night. Uh, that was a great dinner, too. Um, I'm excited about the Italian spot that we're going to visit tonight. Yep, that came from Alan Walsh, Mark Andre Fleury's agent. Uh, so that'll be fun. We're going to Watering Hole. Is that how you call it? Is that the local local famous watering the hall? Beer hall. That? Beer hall. Yep. Okay, so we're doing that. So that'll be cool as well. All right, um, let's talk about the Matthew Kachuk situation. Um, that this one's fascinating. I mean, Johnny Gaudreau obviously leaves. It looked like he was signing with the New Jersey Devils. He was on the Spitting Chicklets podcast, and he said eleventh hour essentially Columbus came in, offered him a deal, and he wanted to go there. 
and Devil's Got Submarines. You're talking about Johnny Gaudreau. Yeah, Johnny Gaudreau. What did I say? Matthew, Freddie? Matthew Gaudreau. Oh, no, no. Well, so I'm starting right. with... Yeah. So what happened is now, obviously, they lose Johnny Gaudreau, and I think a lot of people thought, because of the issues that they've had getting him signed in the last couple of negotiations, that there could be a, a way that Matthew Kachuk could potentially force his way out of Calgary. There's been always the rumors that he would want to go play in Ottawa with uh, Brady or go to his hometown, St. Louis Blues. Um Love him to come to Minnesota, right? I mean, Walt Kachuk, his dad, and uh, Keith, his dad, and and uh, Billy Guerin are like best buddies, but that can't happen. Um, so there's, um, it sure looks like that he's playing hardball right now. They filed arbitration, and any time a club files arbitration on a player, it's usually the beginning of the end. We saw with Kevin Fiala last year. That lasted a year. This one looks like it won't even last to the arbitration hearing, which I think is August 12th. Yeah, it's amazing how fast that changed. They looked like they were going to be – I thought going into this year's playoffs, they were the, the one team that had a shot to beat Colorado in the West and looked like they were built to be able to do that for the next couple of years. And now all of a sudden, it's rebuilding time. And because when Gaudreau left as late as he left, it isn't like they could fill that spot with the now available cash. And it, the Kachuk situation just adds to it. But man, that how fast things change for them. No doubt about it. Um, I'm just looking at your wine, and I'm thinking about that first night in Vienna, too, when we got the, like, freezing cold ice wine. Remember that? Yeah, that was red. Yeah. And they served Red it, wine. Yeah, took it out of the freezer yeah. and poured it for us. And then we had the borscht the next night at the... at the Not the borscht, the, the goulash. goulash. That was the hottest thing that I think I've ever had. And it didn't... It, like, the temperature never came down. It was just... It stayed hot. It was like they... they well, that's actually one the of the cool things about these trips, too, is that you... And I just go into it. Like, we eat a certain way typically at home, but on these trips, you eat what's known in the city. And yesterday was, I don't know how it was yesterday, like 90. And when we stopped in Chesky Krumlov, we stopped at this place and had garlic soup. And it might have been the best soup I've ever had in my life. It was, it was hot, and we were in a full sweat eating it. But it was, it's been added to our rep. We're going to try and match it. In fact, Sunday dinner, when we get home, we're going to try and match it and have garlic soup. That's but nice. you learn some of those kind of things just by, I'm not going to go to the red wine out of the freezer like we had on the boat. That was the same night Brian put his head face plant on the window. So, <laughs> which I, Zach managed to get through there and find the bathroom without going head first into the window. So, <laughs> Zach probably had to borrow like a couple euros though to go to the bathroom. That's the one thing about this this continent. It's unbelievable. You get, yeah. If you don't have a coin, you are not going to the bathroom. Uh, Peter has a rule also in this in this uh, in this continent that if you uh, go to the bathroom when you can, not when you have to. Well, or when he when he tells you to go. Yeah, today, today he, he was the bathroom police. He was. Yeah. <laughs> nope, you don't go now. <laughs> Keep walking. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, let's go to some Twitter. Oh, I tell you, we gotta, I got to tell you, though, the place Peter took us for lunch today, we start walking out of the square in Prague. It's called the square, right, where we were, the big big center square. And he says, I got a place. And I always follow the guy with the satchel, and he has now got his satchel back after Brian stole it from him. And so he didn't we're, steal the satchel. He stole the money right. in the satchel. The and same thing. The satchel but in. we're walking down the street following the guy in the satchel, and he says, I know this place. They have the best tartare. And so we're walking, and we go past, pointing out, oh, yeah, this place has great beer, and this place has great this. And we keep walking. We're like, well, are we going to stop sometime soon and eat? And all of a sudden, we get to this place, and it's, 
two tables that are like two feet by two feet, maybe three tables. And it looks like it's in a, like a strip mall, basically. And as we walk in, Michael, Kenny, and I turn and said, this is the place we've been like walking halfway across Prague to get to. We go in there, and it, it is shoulder-to-shoulder people in this place. And it, they might have been the best sandwiches that I've had, well, for sure, on this trip, maybe in a long time. The pastrami, they're carving it off of the, the chunks of meat right there in front of you. And I don't know how many people were waiting in line, but it was so crowded in there. So obviously, everybody else knows about this place now, too. Not to diminish how your secret place, Peter, but but he so he took us to the. It was an unbelievable place, and then they, you can buy. They have like a bottle of beer in the fridge, and they had a bottle of wine. And I said, well, if I just want a glass of wine, how does that work? And she said, well, just take one of those glasses and just pour yourself some wine. So they had one bottle of white wine in the fridge, and I just took it and poured some. And then I said, well, what if she points to there's water over there? There's a little tap for water. And there's a beer tap next to it. And I said, well, what if we, well, how does the beer work? And she hands me these three cups and just says, you know, whatever, 50, what was it, 55 crowns, I think it would said next to it, which I have no idea how that, I mean, could have been anything. And, but so we buy these cups and you just walk up and fill up your beers in the tap when, well, I mean, fill them up with Peter. That means you go through a couple beers at lunch, but it, the, it was cool. This place was unbelievable. And it just, you'd never, I mean, I would have walked right past it. Yeah. Uh, we trust the guy in yeah. the satchel. No, I mean, I was, we've stayed at all four of my trips. We've had unbelievable meals, unbelievable hotels. Uh, our, our first couple this trip were unreal. The one in Vienna was just awesome. Yeah, it was um, terrific. Yep, the Grand Hotel. Um, did everybody uh, online read today about the drunk guy in the Twin Cities that, that climbed up on top of a Chris Lindahl billboard? And did the Chris Lindahl arms out? And was, all it, was it Chris Lindahl? No, it was not Chris <laughs> Lindahl. And uh, you know, my guess is he got a guaranteed offer from Chris Lindahl and was just celebrating or something. Um, but you can't buy that publicity because uh, not only did this uh, go viral in the Twin Cities that this drunk guy did this today, but then if you look at re- the replies to all the tweets, don't get the bald spot. What are you no, doing with this? There. Just right. keep talking. No, I don't want to talk. <laughs> um, that's the one thing about Anthony. Anthony, like a guy that forever resisted social media, he's, I mean, you well, I just post put, it. I don't read more it. pictures than anybody yeah. I've ever met. I don't, you constantly, we're going to post them. We're not, I don't have to read what other people yeah, write. Yeah, um, you, you're, you, I mean, pictures of food. I mean, it's just constant, just stay off social media. I'm, I should not be telling somebody to tweet less, but you are Twitter, Instagram, very well, prolific. I, I, so I tweet and I bet I spend, one fiftieth as much time on Twitter as you do. I know, but you, but but your time is crafting your tweet. Well, right, that's what yeah. I'm gonna do right now. So, so I'll tell, I'll tell, you tell talk, her, Chris, I'm gonna post but, a but, picture. Uh, you, you cannot buy the publicity that Chris Lindahl got today because of this drunk guy that climbed up on one of his billboards. And the funniest thing is if you go on to Twitter and read about the articles and the the Minnesota Crime Twitter had it, um, and all the replies of the tweet, they're absolutely downright hilarious. Um, And if you are looking to sell at your home, now is the time. Now you can get a strong cash offer, sell your home stress-free with a guaranteed offer with Chris Lindahl Real Estate. Don't worry about the hassle of constant cleaning and home maintenance. Sell your home with Chris Lindahl today. Go to chrislindahl.com, fill out a quick form, receive an all-cash offer on your home today, no obligation, and the guaranteed offer allows you to bypass the market and sell your home hassle-free. That means 
means no showings, no open houses, no stress. Just choose when you want to move, and you will close with confidence. The Chris Lindahl Real Estate Guaranteed Offer keeps you in control. It's that simple. Go to chrislindahl.com to get a guaranteed offer in your home today so you can start packing or you could just jump up on one of his billboards. And here's a word from Royal Credit Union. Take the checking account challenge from Royal Credit Union. Compare your checking account to Royal and see why it makes sense to switch. Royal's checking accounts have no hidden fees and lots of free features that make it easy to stay on top of your money. You can deposit checks with the Royal's mobile app, receive real-time notifications when transactions happen, and even freeze your debit card in seconds. See what other features you're missing out on and make the switch to a Royal checking account at rcu.org slash royalchallenge, insured by NCUA. Back here, worst seats in the house, Mike Russo, Anthony Lapanta, coming to you from Prague in front of a studio audience. Uh, very I happy that everybody's joining. posting our picture, by the way. Uh, great. And uh, pictures up. August yep. 8th is our next live show at Tuttle's. Let's go to some Twitter questions since we have so many shy people in this room that don't want to just come up and ask a question. Nobody wants a question? It's probably a good indicator. Yeah. All right. All right. Come on Pod. up. You got to come up to the mic. Yeah. Especially, uh, Zach, who's the, lately, especially <laughs> Zach, who's going to be overshadowed for, that bar from now fantastic. until the end. No, he, nobody's overshadowed when you got ankles that big. <laughs> <laughs> oh my <Michael>. God. Uh, <laughs> Zach's but, family, who apparently this runs in the family, is going to be so mortified by this podcast. Uh, okay. Yeah. Zach's, all Zach's friends do, though, because every now and then I get tweets and Instagram messages from all Zach's uh, buddies. So, By the way, I was with the two of them last night when you guys were on the rooftop bar, oh, and nice. I got busted for the camera taking a picture. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's, it's cool. Clear. They've got, they, and they, we saw somebody else got disciplined for it when we were down there late. Was it you guys? Somebody did. Somebody was snapping a picture, and the guy came by and was like, put your camera away. Yes, I got so busted. Got one good picture, All right. but I had a Bohemian Manhattan that was worth taking a picture it, well, of. It was cool. Yes. We ordered a couple of those uh, yes. after you left, just in your honor. <laughs> Michael. Yeah. So not your best personal favorite Wild and Panther coaches, but who are your two or each favorite Wild Panther coach that professionally were your favorites? In other words, that helped write the story themselves. Wait, say that again. Uh, so my favorite. So you're not your favorite personal coach uh-huh. that you had, might have a personal relationship or like personally, but one that made your per, your professional life easier, easy to write about. Um, yeah, easy, I, I, easy I mean, to honestly, get stirred I've gotten, up. Or, I've gotten super lucky. I mean, I don't want to always cop out and name like 15 coaches, but I mean, I started with Doug McLean in Florida. He he jokes that he taught me offside in the red line. It's a little exaggerated, but he did teach me how to be a, a professional sports writer dealing with a professional coach that went on insane mood swings. Um, and so like, you know, you had to navigate that whole thing. Um, you know, um, I mean, I got to work with Brian Murray, who honestly mentored me a lot and he was GM of the team, eventually coach. He hired his brother, Terry Murray. Terry was incredible to deal with from a sports writer point of view because he would drive the PR people crazy because after we were done and the, the, the recorders were off, he would talk to us for 
30, 40 minutes as beat writers just shooting the breeze about hockey. Um, covered Keenan, had to walk that eggshell at times. Um, so that was that was always interesting. In Minnesota, you learn, like, I mean, Jacques Lemaire is a professor. I learned a ton from him. Yo was incredible to deal with. Boudreaux, probably from from my perspective, was was to answer your question, the one that made life really easy for me because so accessible, funny, you know, uh, loved the sport, um, easy to quote, like all that type of stuff. So, um, I did not. Uh, that was a tough one. But he was. He asked. Yeah, he asked about yeah. coaches. One of uh, we didn't mention this, but one of our, um, our, our early early nights was at that. That hotel bar was not at the Ritz. It was next to the Ritz in the in Budapest, in Budapest really high-end hotel. And uh, that hotel bar, somebody we ran into him on the street, and they're like, "That's like the best bar in Europe." Or well, that was the guy we yeah. tried to go to his bar, and he was bopping up the floor. And he said, "I said, are you?" Old? He said, "No, we close at 11. I looked at my watch, and it was like 10:40. And I said, "We've got like 20 people here. You're gonna make some cash." And he said, "I'm closing," but he said, "If you go right through here, there's one of the best bars in Europe." Yeah. And so we stumbled onto it. Every once in a while we get lucky. Yeah, the bartender, the bartender was like the, he looked place. like the Hungarian Ben Affleck. And he was an absolute artist, a total mixologist, uh, everything that he made. Yeah, it was, um, it was he, pretty uh, cool. Yep, and I won't say who, but he made somebody about six double gin and tonics. That, that were purple. Purple, and uh, that, that person was absolutely crippled <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> Which is and okay. Yeah. It's okay. There's yeah. enough people in the group. We make sure everybody gets home. But those are the kind of nights that make that for me, those are my favorite. I mean, I shouldn't say favorite because I love the cities we visit. But after dinner, we, hey, we're heading down here. If you want to join us, join us, and we have a blast. Yep, no doubt. Um, let's go to Twitter questions. Um, I love how I love how uh, the person that was crippled by those six double gin and tonics pretended like he didn't hear the whole story. But no big deal. Um, the best part is the next day, he's like, you know what I think did it to me was the two schnapps. I'm like, you don't think it was the six <laughs> double gin and tonics that yeah. you drank with a straw? <laughs> like, it, scientific fact, if you drink a double gin and tonic with a straw and they go down in two seconds, it makes it really ingest. It was hard not drink. to drink fast with that bartender mixing the drinks, though. And yeah. then, But the cool part, too, is they ran out of glasses, and he was using anything he could find. Like he was serving these tequila drinks in oh, sake yeah. bowls. Yeah. And like one drink came in an upside down light bulb one time. And then the next time it yeah. was in like a crooked martini glass yeah. or something. I'm going to put a video out on my uh, Instagram story of this guy making one drink. That was just insane what he does. Uh, just like uh, pouring. It was like a, it was like a, some sort of cranberry martini type thing with like Cabernet Sauvignon foam on top. And it was just insane. All right, Neil Donarski asks, a lot of talk with replacing Fiala's 85 points, but my thoughts are if Marco Rossi comes up and has a similar point total to Matt Boldy in 21-22, Boldy should have a decent chance to get 60 to 65 points this year. Just wanted both your thoughts on that. I don't see it as much of an issue. What do you think, Anthony? I mean, I, they're not going to replace Fiala's scoring. Yeah. There isn't. But the Boldy uh, had a special year. But I think everybody needs to also remember that Mark, Marco Rossi is, you know, to expect him to just come in and be even Matt Boldy last year, I think. Is, if, you know, let's but give but him Rossi might be Boldy in the second half. Right. And Boldy this year, remember, he wasn't even with the team in the first half this year. And I still think the best way to, to match the scoring that you lost with Fiala is 
prevent a few more goals, which I think they'll be able to do. So I think it's a combination, and, and I think Rossi and Boldy will be – they'll be closer to those numbers than I think a lot of people think. I'm not saying either one of them is going to get 85 points, but I'm saying that line might end up scoring close to as much as that line scored all of last year because for half the year they didn't have Boldy. Mm-hmm. I'm a, a little athletic uh, promotion. I'm actually staying a couple extra days uh, here in Europe and going to Marco Rossi's hometown. So those stories, uh, and I'm sure there'll be multiple stories, uh, those will be out in the athletic soon. I'm also the day after I get back from Europe, so I land at like 10 p.m. July 26th. 27th, I'm flying to Boston for a cousin's wedding in uh, Newport, Rhode Island, but I'm taking a pit stop in Cape Cod, and I'm going to one of Judd Brackett's restaurants, his high-end seafood and steak place, and we're going to sit down. I'm going to do a big feature on Judd, but we're also going to talk about the Wilds prospect pool, which everybody is rating uh, first or second in the NHL right now. So uh, when have we ever thought that about the Wild prospect pool? I mean, even back when they, you know, growing, you know, they had – Young uh, Johan yeah, Larson and Jason Zucker and Coyle they were, they were ranked yeah. high during that time when it was Brodine and Granlin coming up, and I remember them being in the top five or six, but not like what we're seeing yeah. right now. Uh, no doubt. Uh, MGDLN uh, Skoll asks, have you had some uh, traditional Czech wines like Palava and Tramen? Am I uh, pronouncing that right, Peter? I don't know. Uh, Palava and Tramen, am I uh, pronouncing those Czech wines right? Okay, my check is good as the Austrians. Have yeah. we had any? We had some Czech wine yesterday. I don't know what it was though. Uh, we had Italian wine at dinner last night. Oh no! Yeah. But our first glass, our wine by the glass, was Czech wine. Yeah. Uh, no, that was Italian too. Actually, we had a, it was all Italians in this in the hotel okay. last night. But we had we did try some of the no the other it. local like we tried Palinka in Budapest, which is what they were famous for, and we had uh, we had a couple great rattlers, which. I'm going to try and figure out a way to get Otto Kringer Rattler imported to my house. Uh, maybe if we can get an Austrian guy that we know to just ship some my way. Yeah. They're, they're having a meeting they're apparently having a meeting. during the podcast. Yeah, he's not paying attention anymore. <laughs> right, yeah. The gym doctor uh, asked, if the Wild are a middling non-playoff team next season, who do you think they unload at the deadline? So the gym doctor must be that, that, uh, that um, Hungarian Ben Affleck. Um, I mean, the, the guys they would unload would be the pending UFAs, so if Dumba's not re-signed, players like that. He's the one guy that's kind of interesting to what's going to happen because I, I have no idea what they're thinking, but if, he, if you're not going to re-sign him, mm-hmm. the value he has, what they keep talking about, is his value that he, everybody likes him, he's a magnetic guy, he brings energy that other guys on the team don't bring. So if that's the case and you're – Starting to look at, then, are you going to be able to extend him? I don't think you can extend him at the same AAV he's got no. right now. I think they'd give him four or four and a half. But I don't even know if you want to do that. I think we talked about this on last week's. With all these right. young D. I mean, that, yeah, that's, you sign him that's to, where yeah. I was headed, was if you've got all these young defensemen and they progress the way you think they're going to progress, and you don't think you can get Dumba to sign an extension at a lesser AAV, would you be willing to then make that deal at a, at, a, at a deadline situation, I, you know, it's hard to say because you, you never know exactly what the team's situation is going to be. If you're, if you're in the playoff hunt, I don't think you can trade them. But if yeah. you're 10th, maybe yeah. you got to start to and, look and, and say, know, hey, anything yeah. you get is better than nothing. And another one, actually, is Marc-Andre Fleury. You know, he signed a two-year deal, but the second year of that is sort of like if everything's going well, he'll play. But if, he, if things are not going well, it wouldn't shock me if he, if he considered retiring. And then this type of contract would be something that would not uh, 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 cause 
penalties to the wild, like signing a 35-year-old to multi-year deals did in the previous CBA. So if that happened, you know, maybe he'd accept a trade to a, to a, to a team if, if the Wild uh, were out of it. I was just uh, making sure you push record on this. Yeah, and... that would suck. A uh, couple more minutes in the show. Tim Freitag says, uh, what do they call an Americano in Hungary? Uh, they call it an Americano. Call it Americano yeah. But you know what? Uh, the one thing we have learned is that iced coffees are not iced coffees. No, in, in although Europe. that was weird. Yeah, uh, that's. Like, do you think that's what iced coffee is everywhere? Oh, uh, thank you very it much. It seems like throughout yeah. Europe they put like ice cream. Tell you what, cream Brian and is now my favorite player. Holy yeah. cow! Yeah, that's quite. He just the gave me about half a yeah. bottle of Sauvignon yeah. Blanc. Feel free to go get me a glass and some wine. Um. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We have we we've, we've got your alibi. Brian says it was not uh, him on that that Chris Lindahl billboard. Um, Chris uh, asks, if Jason Zucker gets bought out by the Penguins, does he join the Wild East and Nashville, the Wild West and San Jose? It's a good question. A lot of thoughts that maybe uh, the Penguins are about to buy somebody out because they have a second buyout window. Uh, Bill asks, uh, do you feel there is a realistic chance for the Wild to make a move for Paulie Arvey? Seems like a perfect fit as a right-handed shot that could really impact their power play. The Oilers only want a draft pick, so the price seems reasonable. The price for him seems reasonable, not the price to re-sign him. I mean, even at $2.5 million, I don't think the Wild are signing him. And he's going to want multi-years. He's not going to just sign, I don't think, for one year or two and a half, but I don't. Th I think that price is too high for the Wild. But the Wild do like him, but not at that price, and he's got to be resigned because he's a restricted free agent. Pulley RV with Edmonton. So, Burke asks Anthony, are the stakes in Eastern Europe as good as Kowalski Zakiushi stakes? No. Uh, Gabriel. <laughs> <laughs> the the stakes we had last night though here at the hotel in they were in good. Prague were good, but they they're actually, not. They were not. Akaushi. They actually made us can't that, that, doing that. It caused us to cancel. Like we had a we had like a table. 30 we did. We had a table for thirty. Uh, at a, or well, for, we actually accidentally had a table for thirty. Yeah. We had one for twenty and one for ten. I actually walked past that steakhouse today, yeah. totally randomly. Uh huh. And it, I walked in because I thought, oh, that's right. I never called those guys to say we're going to get Italian instead. So I was walking down the street with my family and said, oh, hey, give me a minute. I got to run in here. And the guy looked, I said, I got to cancel this reservation. And he looked at me and I said, I'm really sorry. We just, we're, we're going somewhere else. <laughs> and I don't know what to tell you other than that we're not coming. And he was angry, but I was glad. I just happened to walk by it. Yeah. Well, I did it cancel mine online. I know Mark canceled his, so I think this thing was canceled. Well, actually, Mark's was still on the books because I saw his name on the computer oh, so maybe, when I walked so then in maybe, uh, I canceled it for you. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's done. Yeah. Um, so that restaurant's called La Casa Argentina, and that was Which a Mark, by the way, was a new member of the, of the traveling group and yeah. brings some hockey talent. Like, he actually played college hockey, so he, cr he cranked up the, the hockey skill level yeah. on this trip by um, a wide margin. Yeah. I think it's time to wrap up the podcast. Our, our last uh, person on the trip, uh, who's fashionably late, Chris, yep. uh, just walked in. And I think the reason was he was with his girlfriend that he met in Budapest. Yeah. Actually, he might have, uh, the, the sweater seller. Yeah. yeah. You want to yeah. tell that story? Um, I, he, he tried to pay her money just to leave him alone, and she still wouldn't leave him alone. Yeah. So they yeah. sell that. We went to the square, and they sell like embroidery. And we got there, and the guy right in front of her says, "This woman's going to come up to you in a costume. Just ignore her." And it was it was like nothing you've but ever Chris seen. But Chris was too nice. He couldn't she ignore refused her. Refused to leave any of us as much as we were as much as 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 we were telling her, "No, we don't want this like shawl." It was basically a shawl. Right. Although finally, so Chris pays her five to leave. She follows Chris around the entire thing, trying to get him by. And then finally, who bought who bought the shawl? 
Somebody Carol did. bought yeah. Carol and Shelley. Yeah. Bought, yeah. Yeah. Took it for the team. Yeah, and like. And yeah. then the, she wanted. She almost got on the bus with Chris because. Yeah. And then she her given sister him a tried yet. to sell me one as I was getting on the bus, and I'm like, no, no, no. And finally, as I'm like getting on the bus, she yells at me. She's like, ten. And I'm like, I'm not buying the shawl. So anyway. just make sure you don't be careful if you sit by Chris at dinner, yeah. though, because he has a tendency to break wine glasses, spill beers all over everybody. I mean, this is we got to watch him. Yeah, Ms. N. But he also he brought. So we taught. We had some hockey talent on this year's yeah. trip. We also we had a lawyer that left. We forgot about him, but a, a doctor. So I mean, these major injuries you suffered when like the eagle-sized bee bit you in the neck. You could have just. Had the doctor help you? I don't out. know how good of a doctor he is, though. Like he, like, like he had Mar no Mar ability to help. Yeah, Margo couldn't, couldn't hear, hear and yeah. he just he looks at her and just goes, "You'll be fine." Yeah. Or, or else it's a stroke. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, um, Ms. N asked me, Mike, why do you look crabby on vacation? That's just my normal face. Right. So, yeah, uh, that's a good way to. Prep I would up love the to tell you what Gianni calls it, but I'm not going to. What? <laughs> not, not you. She called it for a person that we saw in this town, uh -huh. but it fit you, so okay, I'll save great. it for later. All right, August 8th at Tuttle's is our next uh, live show. Also, August 30th, we're thinking of doing one August 24th at the parking lot in front of Kowalski's in Shoreview, uh, so definitely come on out there. If you want to advertise on our show, email Karen Cleary at K-C-L-E-A-R-Y at talknorth.com. Thanks to our awesome sponsors, of course, Tuttle's and Grainbelt, Kowalski's, Bosch Law Firm, Aquarius Home Services, your local authorized dealer for Connecticut Water Treatment, Christendal Real Estate, Royal Credit Union. Thanks to the 24 people that came out to Eastern Our Europe with us. Best crowd we've ever had for a European edition of the podcast. No doubt about it. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, everybody. So much coming out, there's nothing going in. I know that you feel like you're never going to win. Oh, but the world.